This is the Gore and Mole Podcast with your host, TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Wes Payne. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Gore and More Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, and joining me today is director and special effects master, Joe Castro. Oh, wow. Thank you for that great introduction, and thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. It's my honor. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my honor as well. So what's going on over there? Uh, so today we, uh, what here in Pennsylvania? Yeah, absolutely yeah, nothing. Uh, Friday, <laughs> we got a comic con going on. I'm just going to go, uh, do a couple costumes and then probably, uh, get out of there. What about you? Oh, you know, I am making monsters and making movies over here in Los Angeles, California. And, uh, I have, uh, a very, very busy schedule and a very grateful and blessed to be, uh, constantly working these days and doing a lot of practical special effects, just like we, we, they did back in the eighties and nineties. And, um, uh, yeah, I have, a, I just have a lot on my plate right now that I'm very blessed to have. Yep. Hell yeah, man. So today's segment is called 13 with 13 because you are involved with a Friday the 13th project. Uh, so that's where we ask you 13 questions. So, but before we start the interview, we're going to play a quick message from our sponsors and then get on with it. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> Gormore is brought to you in part by A New Kind of Fear Customs Friday the 13th inspired Custom gaming controllers, hockey masks Latex masks and collectible statues You can find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter At A New Kind of Fear Customs do you like photography, cosplay, and Friday the 13th? Then check out 13 Gallows Lane. You can find them on Facebook at Gallows Goes to Hell, on Instagram at 13 Gallows Lane, and on Patreon at Emily Helene. Warning, some content not safe for work. Okay, Joe, so for the first question, what made you want to get into special effects and directing? Wow, that's an awesome question because I know exactly what it was. Excellent. It was ni- 1977, and my mother was away on the weekend with like some weekend with the girls, and my father was at home with me. I was seven years old, uh, and we had the house to ourselves, and my father had to do some yard work, and uh, this was in uh, Pelotas, Texas, so we wor- he worked out on a big ranch, and he said, here, watch this on TV while I work outside, and uh, he sat me in front of the TV. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was probably two in the afternoon and i saw godzilla versus the smog monster oh and i had never seen like like you know i grew up in this small town and i'd never seen a feature film by myself when i was seven years old and so i got to watch this whole movie by myself and uh my father knew i had a fascination for dinosaurs so he he knew i'd probably like this movie and it changed my world forever i mean literally when that movie ended i knew that i wanted to be a special effects artist and i wanted to direct monster movies that is awesome very, very cool story. What is your favorite movie you have worked on and why? Wow. That is a, that's a very difficult question to answer because I've, I worked on some amazing films. Uh, and I, I would probably have to say blood feast too. Okay. And, you know, and the reason I say that is because, you know, I had a chance to work with Herschel Gordon Lewis for the first time and, uh, working with Herschel completely changed my world, took my entire career and my whole, uh, you know, life's goals to whole new level. 
Um, you know, Herschel is, was, and forever shall be a complete and utter genius. And if anybody doesn't know who Herschel Gordon Lewis was, he is the originator of the slasher movie. Herschel directed, produced, wrote, created all the special effects for, uh, wrote all the music for, and created all the special effects for the very first slasher splatter movie ever. That was done in 1963. It was a movie titled Blood Feast. And uh, Herschel became my mentor on the set of Blood Feast 2. You know, I had the honor to create the special effects for the original slasher movie 33 years later after the original was made. And, um, you know, it was just a life-changing experience, you know. Herschel showed me how to make my gore even gorier. You know, you know, there's one thing to have gore, but then to make your gore sick and disturbing is a yes. whole other level. And Herschel showed me how to do that. And uh, he was just, he was just an awesome person to be around, an awesome human being. He taught me how to be a gentleman. He taught me how to be a professional. And, um, you know, uh, he's not, he's no longer with us. He died a few years back, but, uh, he'll never be forgotten. He has, his work has influenced so many of us, even people that never met him or never have even seen any of his movies have no idea how much his work actually has still a major influence over everything that's going on in the world today of horror. Now, he also uh, gave you the blood formula, correct? That's right. I have the uh, original blood formula that was used in the original movie Blood Feast. He he told me the uh, the formula for that film, and um, and sometimes uh, when I uh, show up on set, I bring a bottle of it, especially when I'm hanging out with my my good friends or I'm meeting new people, and I want to make a strong impression. I'll I'll whip out some blood feast for some Gordon Lewis blood, and I will bless the set with the blood. Especially if I'm doing some big splatter scene, I will definitely use uh, a big, a big, a big. Uh, uh, I, I bring it. Normally, I'll bring it in like a flask of holy water or like a, fl- a flask of Elmer's glue, and I will literally bless the set with Herschel's blood because it, it actually has its own redeeming values. Uh, to be used in movies today. I use Herschel's blood when I'm photographing blood at night. It seems to have, uh, it shows up better on camera when you're photographing um, uh, scenes at night, especially against dark material or dark objects. So it, it still has a place in the world of cinema today, is his formula. That is awesome. That is That is so unbelievably cool. So you currently hold the record for the highest body count in the slasher film. Was that your goal going into that movie? It was. It was. <laughs> I, my, my partner and I made a movie back in 2000. We started shooting it, I believe it was 2010. It might have been 2009, 2009, 2010. And um, at the time, I was going to uh, Video Symphony, which is a motion graphics, 3D you know, graphics uh, school here in Los Angeles and Burbank, California. And um, I decided to make this, this, this film. And I said, you know what? Let's do something crazy with it. Let's, let's, let's make, let's set a Guinness Book of World Record with it. Let's, let's have the highest body count that's ever been in a slasher movie. And it's a very particular, uh, particular category. It's, it's in a slasher movie. It's not in, like in a fantasy film. I'm not competing against Lord of the Rings. I'm competing against like Friday the 13th or mm-hmm. any other slasher movie that's had a high body count. And, uh, and so, yeah, when we were going into it, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. And, um, I, I didn't want anybody to know that we were doing it either. I kept like, like no one got a full copy of the script. No one knew what we, you know, no one knew we were trying to accomplish this until we actually set the goal. And then we were able to announce it. And then they, they realized what we were doing. The only other person that knew that I was doing that was a good friend of mine from Lionsgate. His name was Carl Setien. 
And Garl's actually a director, and he, and he edits uh, trailers for a lot of our favorite horror films today. And uh, Garl cut the trailer for this movie, and he knew we were trying to make this huge high body count in the film. So, yeah, we, it, it was uh, it's probably one of my, my my biggest achievements. I actually am looking at the uh, the certificate that uh, Guinness World Record sent us on on my on the wall against uh, above the fireplace right now. That's so yeah. unbelievably cool. And I share that I share that honor with. Also with Schroeder, uh, Schroeder Melendez from um, Cult Movies Magazine, and also my partner, Steven Escobar. You know, it, it, it took a team of people to do it. I did not do it by myself. That's so cool. I think it's at 155 kills, if I'm correct. That's right, 155 kills. And when, in order for it to be considered a kill, you actually have to see the person's dead face on camera. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what is the most difficult makeup or effect that you have done? The most difficult one. Wow. Um, you know, I don't know that, you know, I don't think any of it, uh, well, there, there was a scene when I was shooting blood feast, uh, two with Herschel, uh, where a girl gets skinned alive and, uh, you know, the budget for the movie was very, very small compared to what the the big effects I was doing in the film. And so they wanted to rip this girl, cut this girl's skin off her head and pull her head and her skin down all the way to her chest. And they wanted the head underneath to still be alive. They wanted the eyeballs to still be moving around. And they wanted the tongue to move and the jaw to open. And, uh, you know, I was working on a very minuscule budget and I was able to accomplish all that. But when we pulled the skin off, Herschel was like, mm, that's not gory enough. And I'm like, like what more do you want i can put more <laughs> blood and more slime and he's like mm, no that's not doing it for me it's still not sick enough and so he took me over to the craft service table and we got a like a five gallon bucket and he's like started like pulling pieces of chicken uh, skin <laughs> off from the fried chicken and he put some mashed potatoes in it some salad dressing and he got it just the way he wanted to look and he's like don't mix that together i put some blood on top all right now we got it come on over here and we went back so i like put like all this shit from craft service or you know all over the head with the blood and and that seemed to work for him and he liked it that is <laughs> but it was so cool. yeah it was hard seeing getting into his mind i mean he had you know decades of experience doing this and this was literally the first time i tried to do something that was sick and gory with this master of gore and uh and he knew exactly what he wanted and he and he he he, he showed me he showed me exactly he was a good teacher yeah so it was difficult trying to please him on that first thing after that I got I got the gist of what he wanted, and it was able to I was easily able to roll with that. You know, I think it's more it, it's more difficult to watch my stuff get cut from a movie. You know, <laughs> but the other way listen, that happens all the time. You know, uh, in fact, two of my favorite movies that I directed, uh, they were both released in Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, and at the time they were released, they had to be rated by the MPA rating system. Today, when you know independent filmmakers release their movies on these home media platforms, even Google play and uh, Netflix and uh, Amazon prime and all this stuff. You don't have to have it rated by the MPAA. And I did at the time we did. And so we would submit it, our films to the MPAA and they would just trim all, all the gore out of our films. That is what the one and, downfall uh, of the MPAA is. They destroy a lot yeah. of people's work, but having the MPAA rate your film allows your film to be released in much bigger venues. Ah, I so you, you, you kind of like, it's one or the other. You want everybody to see your film, even though it's trimmed. And so what we would do is, what we would do is 
we would they would give us the notes and we would trim or they told us and we would put some back in in another place <laughs> hoping they would see it and then they would give us some more notes that we would trim and we'd put some back in in another place until finally they got tired and they said okay you're done <laughs> <laughs> hey whatever yeah, yeah. works yeah, exactly, exactly. So you have won over 46 awards for your work in producing, directing, and creating special effects. What is your crowning achievement? I, I definitely, the um, like I said, the, the Guinness Book of World Record probably for the highest body count. But just being able to like work amongst so many amazing directors you know, I, and just people in the industry that I never, ever dare dream to be a part of their films, like with Herschel. Bring Stevens, Linnea Quigley, um, you know, I just, uh, Dave Dakota, uh, Fredel and Ray, you know, David Carradine, Artie Johnson, and the list goes on and on. I, 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 when I'm growing up, my father watched this movie called Lone Wolf McQuaid. Have you seen Lone Wolf McQuaid? I have never it stars seen. Chuck, it stars Chuck Norris and David Carradine. <laughs> and one of the first, you know, David Carradine is Mr. Fu Man, Mr. Kung Fu. And, uh, my father watched it like religiously, like every other weekend with his drinking buddies, you know, on VHS. And when I came to Los Angeles, one of the very first feature films I worked on was a movie titled Evil Tunes. And it was directed by Fred Olin Ray. And the evil villain in the movie was David Carradine from my father's favorite movie of all time. Oh, that's so when I was able to send back a picture of me and David Carradine on the set of Evil Tunes to my father, my father just could not have been any happier. You know, he just, uh, it was it, my father has since passed away, but it was it was amazing to be able to to uh, to show my father that achievement. It's probably my greatest achievement. Yeah. What do you find to be more difficult, directing or special effects? Oh, definitely directing. Definitely directing. Uh, special effects. I I've done it for so many other people, and I've done it so many ways. I mean, I still have plenty more to learn, but uh, directing is uh, is uh, is a real challenge getting directing right. I mean, I think that most people direct and they think my experience has been that people think that what they do is amazing. You know, mm -hmm. real directors are constantly looking at their flaws and are constantly trying to teach themselves something new. They know that they, they understand that there's always room for improvement. And, um, and so when I look at my work, that's what I see. I'm always trying to improve on it. And, uh, you know, it's great to have all the uh, you know, acknowledgements from fans and peers in the industry, but there's always room for improvement. And, um, and when I look at what I've directed, I think I get like, you know, I think I get like one sixth of what I see in my head out actually on this. So, uh, yeah, I'm always trying to achieve, you know, that, 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 that bigger, bigger, broader and bolder image, you know, but, uh, ultimately, um, I think my imagination is just far more powerful than the budget of the film. <laughs> That's not, that's not a bad thing. What are some yeah. upcoming projects that you are working on or would like to work on? Okay. Well, I can just let everybody know now. Uh, my, I, I just finished direct co-directing with two other amazing directors, my partner, Steven Escobar, who has an Emmy for, uh, outstanding editing and reality television programming for the amazing race, uh, him and another gentleman, his name is Thomas Churchill. We all three directed a brand new science fiction film titled Xenophobia. And it will be released uh, before the end of the summer. And uh, it has all old school Star Wars practical effects aliens in the film. Oh, yes. 
Yeah. And, uh, has all, I, I try to do everything practical. There are, there is going to be some digital stuff in it, the spaceships and whatnot, but all the creatures and all of the special effects in the film are all done practically. And, um, uh, I try my best to, to really give it a real throwback to the seventies and eighties of science, that kind of like that science fiction horror kind of crossover thing with like extra and, uh, star Wars and, um, all those great films that we, we still love today. And then, of course, um, I have a couple of other stuff. I don't know that I'm allowed to mention them at this point. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be working on a, a, at least two big sequels at this point. And then uh, because I'm in the middle of doing one right now. And uh, I have a, a couple of giant creature movies on my plate at the moment. Um, there's a you know there's a big action film that's going to be hopefully coming out before the end of the year. It's called Nation's Fire. And uh, I did all this practical gore for the film. And, you know, that's that's kind of unique. You know, you don't normally see a lot of like practical gore and blood in action films these days. But this is kind of like a throwback to like The Godfather and kind of like some like films from like the 80s that were really bloody. Uh, there were action films and they used actual like heads being yanked off, arms being yanked off, you know, gunshots to the face, that kind of stuff. Are, can we expect a new terror tunes? Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. I'm hoping to have Terracons 4 uh, ready to be distributed by the end of the year. That is awesome. And uh, Yeah, no, I, and I'm bringing it back. I, uh, most of the cast from the first film will be in it. Uh, and, uh, of course, Brink Stevens is also involved in it. And uh, it will be an, it'll be an anthology uh, film. So it'll have all the same characters from the original, and there'll be a lot of new stuff in it. That is awesome. I can't wait for that. Uh, how did you get involved with Friday the 13th Vengeance? That's a very good question. So I met a gentleman named Don Shell on Facebook, and he befriended me, and he has been I, a fan of my work for many years now. And um, we just started chatting it up, and he said he was one of the executive producers on the film. And he asked me if I would like to create this spectacular death scene for Jason Brooks. And Jason Brooks uh, plays the new uh, Jason in Vengeance. Mm -hmm. And um, Don, I don't know how much, how many details about it I get, I get to. I, to, to I know what you're talking about, but I think I could just say, you know, it's kind of like this spectacular kind of custom sequence that they asked me to come up and do. And, um, Don took care of everything. And Jason came down to LA to, uh, to, to, to work with me on the effect. And then they flew me up to, um, Seattle where they took me to set. And, uh, I was able to assist in a couple of the deaths and, uh, and then do make this big spectacular death with, uh, for Jason. And I got to work with Mick Strawn and the entire crew up there was just amazing. Jeremy Brown, the director, and, um, I, the list goes on and on. There was, it was just such an amazing group of people. And it's an experience that I will never, ever forget. That kind you know, of uh, the movie looks, the, the movie looks incredible. Uh, they're doing such an amazing job with the photography, the acting, the story, the detail of the story. And then when CJ Graham walked in and he got into his costume, um, I did have the honor to put some finishing touches on his, his look. And, um, uh, I, he's just such a, he's just such a powerful presence, even in person. Oh yes. You put him in full costume and you get him in front of the camera and the whole, whole movie just came to life. And you realize 
damn, we're making a big, big movie. This looks amazing. You know? Yeah. So that kind of answered my, my second question, which, which was, <laughs> uh, what was your experience on set? But that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So what was it like working on an iconic, an iconic character like Jason Voorhees? You know, I, um, I, I think that, you know, that, that's, that's, how do you answer that? I don't know. I don't know. It has, it still hasn't settled in yet. Ah. They're not done with production. Just being up there on set with everyone definitely was an amazing experience. But I think once the film comes and I get to experience like the, the, the feedback and the, 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 all the, uh, the, the, the kind words and the well wishes and being able to sit in a movie and watch it with the cast and crew. That's where I'm really going to be able to feel the, the full, the full brunt of the experience. And, and until then, it's kind of like, I'm wondering where the, I, I, I we, we don't know where this experience is going to take everybody because the opportunities are so huge and endless. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, now more to the more fun type stuff. Uh, who's your favorite final girl in the F-13 franchise? Okay. Now I, that that's, that's going to be a very difficult question to answer. I mean, <laughs> like, like, because, okay, first of all, I saw the first film I saw was part three. I saw part three in the movie theater. Yes. And then I saw, and then I, every, each one I've seen in, in the movie theater when it was first released. <laughs> so the first two, I think I saw on VHS and are on cable, cable, recorded from cable on VHS. Uh, and each each person that survives each film has a special place in my heart and in the hearts of all fans. I think I don't I don't know that I could say there was one special. There was one that was more special than the other. So I'm gonna have to, you know, I got, I, I kind of consider each of the girls like in some way family, you know, like an older sister kind of thing, just someone that I. Uh, that, that, that I hope to see more of. And like I said, has a special place in my heart. Awesome. Uh, what is your favorite Jason Voorhees kill? Now that one's an easy question. Uh, I know exactly what it is. It's in Friday the Dream part three, 3d when the, the guy gets his head crushed and his eyeball pops out. Yes. I, re- I remember seeing that in the theater in 3d for the first, I was, I was 13 years old. I was in eighth grade and my friend Gilbert Rose's, his older brother was in high school and he only went to school half a day because you got to, he got, he actually started a job. He was a senior or he was older. And so he got to work the other half a day. So he would come, he came and picked us up from middle school and got us out of school so we could go to the theater before our parents got home and didn't know where we were and, and sign us into the rated R movie. <laughs> and then and that, that's how we got to see Friday 30 part three in 3d. It was like in the middle of the afternoon on a Friday afternoon. And, um, uh, you know, it was just like when that effect happened, I was like, I, I just couldn't wait to get out to Los Angeles and start working in movies where I could do this same stuff, you know, that is, so who's your favorite Jason and why? Well, that's also going to be a different question, a different question, a difficult question to answer. I mean, each one of the actors that's portrayed Jason has somewhat put their own spin on it. But with such respect and love for the character, you can't deny any of them. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? I yes. mean, each person has 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 added something to the character that's made it better and better and more powerful. And um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I don't think I could actually pick a favorite Jason at this point. I I, I, I will say this though. I, this is what I will say: Tom Savani. Mm-hmm. Anything that Tom Savani puts his hands on, I love. 
Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. You know, anything that he did, that he's created with his own hands, the first Jason and the Jason in part four, you know, just the looks of the character and what he did for that, for that character, you know, uh, I, 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 I hope that in the future, I, I hope he even gets even more praise for the for the, all the gifts that he's given us through the Friday the Thirteenth franchise and all the amazing special kills. Because basically, every kill from 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 that from what, what Tom did is, is in some way an homage to all the weird, cool things he did and invented for all of us to play with. You know, he showed us how to make gore fun and how to make slashing exciting, you know? And, um, and I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does because he does amazing work and he did amazing work in those films. Oh, I completely agree. I'm a very, very big, uh, Tom Savini fan. And I think, uh, that those effects in four absolutely added to the fact that that film's actually very scary. If you sit down and think about it. I love that film. I think he did. I mean, just everything about that film, including Jason's death at the end, it was just superb, superbly uh, executed, you know? Well, that's uh, that's all the questions uh, for today. Uh, if you have anything else you'd like to say, uh, you're more than welcome to. Uh, yeah. I just want to say, hey, if you want to come over and say hello to me on my Facebook page, I'm very social on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com backslash joe.castro. You know, uh, send me a message and send me a friend request and let's talk about horror movies and let's make movies. Excellent. Thank you for coming on today, Joe. Thank you.